Get Your House in Order, by Brother Tim Aaron. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order. For you shall die, you shall not recover. 2 Kings 22 verse 1, ESV. Brother Tim Aaron brings the word of God for the end time. You can find more information about Brother Tim Aaron at www.thiefinthenightministries.com. And here is Brother Tim Aaron. Glory to glory to glory to God. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for tuning in to another broadcast of Get Your House in Order. I'm your host, Tim Aaron. Uh, once again, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you have been uh, listening to uh, my recordings, my teachings, uh, my discussions on the end times, on uh, Christian life, period. Uh, hopefully you have enjoyed them. Hopefully it has been a blessing to you. Hopefully uh, uh, it has increased your faith and uh, has prepared you uh, in your heart to stand with the Lord. Hopefully that this has just been a good all around ministry for you because that's my goal is to uh, be a blessing to someone. That's why I get on the this uh, show and do this and do this show because I, I'm hoping that it can help someone and I'm hoping that in turn it can help me and uh, iron sharpeneth iron as the scripture teaches and hopefully if uh, you have any questions or comment you can contact me at at uh, thiefinthenightministries.com that's thiefinthenightministries.com you can pull up that website and you can uh Hit contact us and send me a, a email, a question, comment. If you have any, I would love to hear from you. But once again, thank you for tuning in. Um, before I get into the title of today's show, I always like to open up the show with an invitation to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You know, that's the number one, the number one priority of life. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Um, about 2000 years ago, Jesus came to the earth with the primary goal in mind. And that was to redeem man back to God. Man was lost in his sins. He was separated from, from God because of sin. But Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice and gave his life for the sins of the world, past, present and future. Um, Jesus made a lot of enemies when he was on the earth. He did so many great things and he drew so many people that it made other people jealous. When people started losing their, their church members to another person, it made them kind of jealous. You know, that's where you find out about the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these, uh, denominations, so to speak, begin to lose membership. They began to lose tithes and offering because Jesus was doing so many great and wonderful and mighty things that people began to follow Jesus. And uh, so these uh, people began to uh, uh, 
uh, conspire against Jesus Christ. They wanted him gone. They wanted him out of the way, out of the picture. And so they began to lie on him and they had him finally arrested. And um, he was in prison. And then while he was in prison, he was sped on. He was punched by the Roman soldiers, the police back then. He was abused in prison. And then uh, they, they, they finally nailed him to a tree, to a cross, and placed a crown of thorns on his head to blood started running down his face. Then they hung him on that cross. And then they pierced him in his, in his side with the sword till blood and water started running out. And then Jesus eventually died on that cross. Uh, it was done in evil. But good was the result because his death benefited the whole entire world, past, present, and future. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 10 and 9, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You know, to make heaven your home, you have to believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he was raised from the dead and make him your personal Lord and Savior. Ask him to come into your heart, into your mind, to your soul and be your leader, to be your Lord, to be your Savior. And he will be just that. All you have to do is believe it. Believe it and, and receive it and it shall be done. Amen. So hopefully you have made the choice to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you have, you have made the best possible decision, choice you can ever make in your life. Amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> okay. Today's show is the third trumpet and a woman's scorn. The third trumpet and a woman's scorn. Um, I'm going to dive into this topic here in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to break down why uh, the title is so, of course. But I, I, I want to address some things. You know, I really get bothered by a lot of um, a lot of uh, ministries out there that allow television and they allow worldly culture to substitute, to be a substitute for the word of God. And that is extremely, extremely unfortunate. You know, you have to, um, you have to understand that Satan is out to deceive. He's out to mislead. He's out to, um, bring confusion. He doesn't want us to understand the truth. And uh, so he will allow tele television is Satan's number one tool. Let me just say that. Satan uses television to further his agenda. And, um, and it's effective. It's effective. I mean, millions of people sit in front of television every day 
And I'm talking about commercials. I'm talking about cartoons. I'm talking about um, uh, sitcoms. Uh, uh, you name it. Reality television. It doesn't matter. You know, Satan uses all of these avenues to further his agenda, and that is to deceive. And it's unfortunate when you go to church and you can't get a word from the Lord without it being compromised because of the strong influence of television that has affected the church. That's right, the church. So, you know, we got to do a better job. Of, of keeping it 100% Bible. You know, I find the best way to understand the Bible, to understand the truth, to understand Jesus and what he, what he taught when he was on the earth in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, the, the best way to understand is to interpret scripture by scripture. Uh, that way you can keep it 100% Bible. You can eliminate compromises and then you're able to follow truth wherever it takes you. That's right. And that's the goal, you know, because we don't want Satan to be able to deceive us. We don't want Satan to be able to trick us. Uh, to lie to us. You know, Jesus said, ye shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And Satan doesn't want that. So that's why he's always lying. And that's why he's always deceiving. And that's why he's always giving us alternatives. And so we have to, we have to watch out for all of this. Okay. I just want to, I, I want to put that out there to challenge you. You know, do you understand or do you know why you believe what you believe? Is it is it just tradition? Is it just culture? Or is it really Bible? Is it really truth? Think about that. Okay. Okay. Today's topic, the third trumpet and a woman's scorn. Let's uh, go to Revelations chapter eight. And let's read what it says about the third trumpet. Um, Revelations chapter eight, verse 10. And I always like to read from the King James version. I find the King James version, the safest version when it comes to, uh, you know, the scripture, you know, as far as getting a English translation without a bunch of compromising. I believe King James and the Young's literal translation are the two best out there. You know, and then, and then I'm, I'm sure there's, there could be others, but when you want to get into the NIV and the American Standard and the New American Standard and New King James, I don't trust those. I mean, they, they really use a lot of culture and compromise though, the word of God. And I try to stay away from them. But anyway, Revelations chapter 8. <clears throat> Verse 10 and 11. This is talking about the third trumpet. Okay. In the, in the book of revelations, there is seven seals. Okay. Seven trumpets and seven vials. Okay. We're talking about 
the third trumpet right now. And I'm going to go into that a little bit deeper. But right now I'm talking about the third trumpet. Revelation chapter eight, verse 10. And the third angel sounded. <clears throat> and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Okay. So this is the third trumpet. <clears throat> now, I'm going to go ahead into this statement. I'm going to make a statement about this third trumpet. I believe that the third trumpet is the official, official establishment that a woman's scorn is now a world power. That's right. I'm going to say it again. I believe the third trumpet here in the book of Revelation is the official establishment that a woman's scorn is now a world power. Okay. Now, let me, um, <clears throat> let me talk a little bit about the seven seals, the seven trumpets and the seven vows. You know, a lot of Bible teachers out there, end time teachers out there teach that the book of Revelations is dealing with just the final seven years. And that couldn't, well, in my opinion, that couldn't be further from the truth. And I say that humbly because, you know, this is all, uh, this is all stuff that we won't know who's right about it, who's telling the truth about it until it's all over and said and done pretty much or until these things come to pass. So in my opinion, that's not accurate at all. You know, in Revelations chapter one, the Lord appeared to John and he told John that these things would shortly come to pass. Now that was 2000 years ago. So my point is, I believe the prophecies found in the book of Revelations, you know, begin to take place right as he began to deliver the book of Revelations to John. So the, the prophecy started 2,000 years ago, in my opinion. Now, I listened to uh, a, a Bible teacher on television named Irving Baxter. And he's, to me, he's one of the best out there in the business. And he teaches a really good rule of thumb. He says that the seven seals is the long story. He says, and then he says the seven trumpets is the shorter story. And then he says the seven vows is the very short story. Now, I like to look at it like this, and I agree with that 100 percent. The seven seals I begin, I believe, began back during the day that Jesus began to deliver the book of revelations to John on the Isle of Patmos right around 90 AD. So like the first seal where you see the white horse 
and its writer, the head of Bull, um, I believe that that is just really the Holy Spirit moving about the world within souls. You know, and I, like I said, I like to interpret scripture by scripture. The only other time you see a white horse is when Jesus in his second coming is on a white horse. So you keep it consistent. The white horse is must be a horse of righteousness. So that's why I believe that the white horse we read about in the first seal is just the Holy Spirit going about when in conquering souls. So. Um, so <clears throat> that gives you an idea of what I'm talking about. It's not a book that just deals with the final seven years on earth going into the second coming of Jesus Christ. No, it's, it's much broader than that. It goes back to the days of John on the Isle of Patmos all the way up till now going past now into the future, into the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's that vast. So we're talking about over 2000 years, probably of uh, prophecies in the book of Revelation. So, uh, so now with that being said, we're talking about the third trumpet. Now I believe the, 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 the seven trumpets, they started sounding at the beginning of the 1900s. You know, it's been taught that um, the first trumpet is world war one. The second trumpet is world war two. And now I believe the third trumpet, is the official establishment that a woman's scorn is now a world power. That's right. Now, let me explain. Let's get into why I say what I say. First of all, first of all, when do I believe that this third trumpet has sounded? I believe this third trumpet has sounded in 1986, 1986. Why do I say 1986? Well, 1986, we had two major explosions to take place in 1986. Now, when uh, you read the book of Genesis, uh, Pharaoh back then, he had two dreams. He had a dream about some corn stalks, how how, five, how how there were seven corn stalks that were fat, and then the seven skinny corn stalks came up after them and 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 took over the fat corn stalks. And then he had another dream about there were seven fat cows, and then came up out of then this out of this river came up seven skinny cows and ate up the fat cow, and he didn't know what the dream meant, but. One thing that Joseph, he interpreted the dream. One thing that Joseph said, he said, because you have dreamed it twice, it has been established. And these things will shortly come to pass, shortly come to pass. So two means establishment. Okay. So there were two major explosions in 1986. In January of 1986, there was the shuttle, uh, space shuttle challenger in America. Uh, we were sending seven astronauts or seven passengers on this shuttle called the challenger, uh, to orbit, I believe the earth. And, uh, they said right around 70 some seconds into the launch, it blew up and it blew up 
while millions of Americans were watching on the news. And um, I remember it a little bit. Uh, I remember how the um, news broadcaster, he was lost for words. He didn't know what he was seeing when it blew up. And he was trying to make sense of it. And he was mumbling for words. And But, you know, it was a it was a catastrophe because all seven passengers died. And it was uh, it was sad. It was very sad. And um, it was two women and five men on that on that. Space Shuttle Challenger. And um, that took place in January of 1986. Okay. The second major explosion took place in Russia called Chernobyl. The the Chernobyl uh, nuclear power plant. They had a major accident and and, and there was a nuclear explosion in April of 1986. So these explosions these two major explosions, they were accidents and um, and they took place a few months apart. And I believe that this was an establishment that this third trumpet had sounded. OK, now, I don't believe that these two accidents uh, were the fulfillment of the third trumpet. I believe that these two explosions were were the sounding of the trumpet and that <clears throat> the trumpet now had begun. Okay. Or that it would shortly come to pass. Okay. That's what I believe. Now, why do I say the third trumpet and a woman's scorn? Okay. Let me get into why I say it like that. First of all, that's, um, Let's look at the verse again. Revelations chapter eight, verse 10. It says, and the third angel sounded and there fell a great star from heaven. Burning. As it were a lamp. Okay, I want to stop right there. And the third angel sounded and there fell a great star from heaven. And that could have been that shuttle when it blew up, falling from heaven, falling from the sky burning as it were a lamp. Okay. As millions of people watched in America, on American television, maybe even around the world on satellite. And it fell upon the earth and it fell upon the third part of the rivers, excuse me, and upon the, the fountains of waters. Okay. Now I want to focus on this other part of the scripture it says and it fell upon the third part of the rivers upon the fountains of waters rivers fountains waters okay verse 11 and the name of the star is called wormwood and the third part of the waters became wormwood and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. So that's what wormwood means. Bitter or bitterness, bitter or bitterness. Okay. Now let's go back up to verse 10 again. Now let's look at the word rivers, fountains, waters. 
that brings to mind a passage of scripture that I've read in Proverbs. In Proverbs, uh, we believe it's Solomon here teaching. And he's uh, teaching against fornication and adultery. And he's warning against fornication and adultery. And he gives advice. Okay. Now let's go down to Proverbs chapter five. And let's start at the 15th verse. Proverbs chapter five. And let's look at the 15th verse. It says, drink waters out of thine own cistern and running waters out of thine own well. Watch this. He says, let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the streets. Now here's that three, those three words again, fountains, rivers, waters. Now remember, he's warning against fornication and adultery. So what I'm getting at is Solomon refers to women as fountains, as rivers, as waters. Fountains, rivers, and waters. Solomon refers to women in this way. He says, let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the streets. Now, let me say this. I talked about the King James Version earlier. This is a good example why. King James Version and the Young's Literal Translation does not compromise Proverbs chapter 5, verse 16 at all. You know, they they put it out there as best as they can in the, in the English translation way. Okay. Now, very few other Bible translations, whether you want to talk about the NIV, whether you want to talk about the American Standard, the New King James, it, it just goes on and on and on. They compromise the scripture because Solomon's advice here. Because if you know anything about Solomon, he was a man that had 800 wives. And so his answer to combat, to go against fornication and adultery was to have your own women. He said, have your own women here. So this is like one of the most compromised verses of scripture ever. When you're talking about an English translation, you know, they, they don't want that piece of advice out there. So they, they, uh, they'll drop the word let, and they'll put something else in its place. Should or why, or, but they drop the word let in verse 16, they'll leave the word let in verse 17 and the word let in verse 18 and the word let in verse 19. But in verse 16, they drop the word let and they put should or whatever. And it's a great compromise. Okay. Now, this ministry, we don't compromise the word of God under no circumstances, no matter if it's going to offend or not offend, whatever. If it's the word of God, we're going to leave it 100% word. And, and so that's why I wanted to bring that to your attention. So <clears throat> he refers to women as fountains, 
as rivers and as waters. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own and not strangers with thee. Now, when you read, if you ever read Proverbs chapter six, he refers to strange women as either prostitutes or another man's wife, an adulterous woman. Okay. So this is what this is all about. Okay. So uh, this is, this, this is now starting to unravel why I say the third trumpet and a woman's scorn. Okay. Uh, let's take another look. Let's take another look at a passage of scripture again by Solomon. Solomon. Let's go to Ecclesiastics chapter seven. Um, verses 25 and 26. Uh, now, now Solomon was said to have been the wisest man to have ever lived. Of course, with the exception of Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus was wiser than any of us. But Solomon was supposed to be up until Jesus Christ, the wisest man to have ever lived. If you know his story, you know, he made a lot of sacrifices unto God and, and God appeared to him and asked him, what did he want? Because of all your sacrificing, I'm going to give you what you want. You make a request and I'll give it, give it to you. And he asked for wisdom. And so the Bible said God was pleased with that request. So he gave him wisdom and riches. Okay. So Solomon was said to be the wisest man to ever live. Okay. So now here is Ecclesiastics. He's acting as a preacher now. because That's what the word Ecclesiastics means, preacher. So he says in, in, in verse 25, I applied my heart to know, chapter 7, verse 25, and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolish, of foolishness and madness. Verse 26. And he says, and, and I find more bitter than death. The woman. Okay. Wait a minute. Didn't, the third trumpet say something about the waters being made bitter, bitter. Okay. He says, I find more bitter than death. The woman whose heart is snares and nets and her hands as bands. Whoso pleaseth God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken by her. Okay, so he's talking about uh, a bitter, scornful woman. He's not just talking about any woman, but he's saying that when a woman becomes bitter and scornful, he says she is worse than death. He finds more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets and her hands as bands. Whoso pleaseth God shall escape from her. Only the man that pleases God can escape from her. So men, we really are not any match against the woman if we don't please God. 
You know, it's funny because you watch television today and all you see is a woman outsmarting a man or a woman beating up a man, a woman getting the best of a man. And you're like, what's going on in Hollywood? That's, all they want to show is a woman out doing a man now. Hey, but guess what? It's truth in that. According to the scripture here, only the man that pleases God can escape the bitter woman, he says. So, <clears throat> women are very, very powerful, powerful beings. So, the third trumpet in a woman's scorn. Let's go back. Let's go back to Revelations. Chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. Let's read that again. And he says, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers, upon the fountains of waters. Rivers, fountains of water. So it fell upon the third part of women. According to Solomon, this is his description. These three words, rivers, fountains, and waters, these three words are his description of women. So, so this bitterness fell on the third part of women. You can say it like that. Verse 11, and the name of this star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became wormwood. And many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. That's what wormwood mean, bitter or bitterness. Okay. If that's not enough for you, let's look at another passage of scripture. And once again, we're dealing with Solomon. Let's go to Proverbs back to chapter five. Let's just go back to the very first verse. And we're going to read verses one through four. Now, this is the wise man Solomon giving advice again. He says, my son, attend unto my wisdom. And bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as an honeycomb, but her mouth is smoother, and her excuse me, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood. Now, wait a minute. Bitter and wormwood. Bitter and wormwood. But her end, he's talking about the bitter woman again. But her end is bitter as wormwood. These two words that we just read. For the third trumpet, about the third trumpet in Revelation chapter eight, sharp as a two edged sword. So the third trumpet 
and a woman's scorn. Once again, my statement, I believe the third trumpet is the official establishment that a woman's scorn is now a world power. It's a movement. It's a movement. I believe it was it was established back in 1986 when that space shuttle Challenger blew up and 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 Chernobyl, Chernobyl nuclear power plant blew up. Now, this is another thing Irving Baxter taught that the word Chernobyl it means in Russian wormwood. Wormwood. Wow. That was pretty insightful. The word Chernobyl means wormwood. Wormwood means bitterness. So I believe that that explosion was the second confirmation, establishing factor that the third trumpet had sounded and that the third trumpet would shortly begin to come to pass. But I believe it's still going on to this day. It said many men died because of the waters that were made bitter. Many men died. Now, I don't believe the word men is literally just talking about males. I think I think it's referring to many people died because of this. This scornful, bitter movement from a third part of the women. Now. Let's talk about. What women, how women become bitter? What what makes women bitter? When you look at Numbers chapter five, there was this uh, ritual procedure that took place in the Old Testament. And there was this ritual that involved bitter waters, bitter waters. That's right. And bitter waters was given to women who were suspected of committing adultery, cheating on their husbands. This is all in Numbers chapter five. Read it for yourself. I'm not making none of this up. I keep it 100% Bible. So these bitter waters were given by from the, the, the priest would present this bitter cup of water. And he would give it to the women to drink. And if the women cheated on their husband, then the Bible says their belly would swell and their thigh would rot. But if they didn't cheat on their husband, then nothing would happen. So that takes me now to what comes to mind is the story of John the Baptist. The story of John the Baptist. John the Baptist uh, was a preacher and he was, it sounded like he was like a, 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 a bummy type of preacher. You know, he didn't dress very well and he was like the homeless man that was preaching on the corner and that people really didn't pay a lot of attention to. And he saw that Herod decided to take his brother's wife. Evidently, 
Herod's brother had a beautiful wife and Herod being in charge decided that he wanted her for herself. So he took her and they called her Herodias. I guess that's the female version for Herod, Herodias. And John the Baptist did not like it. He did not accept it. He didn't agree with it. So he let him know. It is not lawful for you to take your brother's wife, he would say. Now, you can find this story in uh, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And uh, the Bible went on to say that John, uh, uh, Herod's wife became bitter or she not, it didn't say bitter. It says she had a quarrel and she would, and she would kill him if she could have. That's what it said in, in verse 19. She had a quarrel with, with John the Baptist and she would have killed him <laughs> if she could have. So that sounded like bitterness to me. Now, look, here she is. Wanting to kill this man. She was scornful. What made her a candidate for this bitterness, for this scorn? She was an adulterous woman. I mean, you go back to Proverbs, Solomon is warning, warning us against the adulterous woman, the prostitute, you know, the the, the strange woman. So it seemed like this fornication, this adultery, goes hand in hand with this bitter woman syndrome. This bitter woman movement seems like it affects, it's going to affect or will affect the adulterous woman or the, the fornicating woman or the prostitute. These women are going to be the women that are candidates for this spiritual movement of bitterness. So that's what we see with Herod's wife, Herodias. She she gets mad at John the Baptist and then she has this pretty young daughter eventually and she the daughter dances for the for the for the king or for the emperor and he is pleased with her dancing and he offers her anything she wants this young girl and so she tells her mother and her mother instructs her as for the head of John the Baptist she wants John the Baptist's head on the charger on the platter and so the daughter goes and tells the the, <clears throat> the uh, emperor what he wants, and he gives her what he wants. He chops off John the Baptist's head. So this this is how men, many men, die because the waters were made bitter, as it said in Revelation chapter eight verse ten. So this third trumpet, it's about a woman's scorn, a woman's bitterness, a movement. Are we seeing that today? Yes, we are. And so what we have to understand, the Bible is telling us also uh, is that women need to remain married and righteous in marriage. That's why uh, the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, that's why the Apostle Paul really with emphasis emphatically says, let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she does, let her remain alone. For if 
she marries another man, she should be called an adulterous woman. So he's he he goes on to teach that in in First Corinthians chapter seven in great detail. And uh, Jesus warned against adultery, 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 because he doesn't want women to be influenced by this bitter movement that tends to attack adulterous, fornicating women. That's right. A third part, a third part, it says, of women are of the waters were made bitter because of this star called wormwood, which is bitter or bitterness. So, Take heed to the warning. This not only goes for women, but this goes for men as well. Take heed of the warning. Remain righteous in our marriage. Marriage is a problem. That's why I speak about marriage a lot, because it is a huge part of the end times. It is a huge part of righteousness. And this is why I believe uh, marriage uh, lies and, and, and marriage uh, failure traps are of the devil. That's why I believe uh, so much of where Satan hangs his hat on has to do in the area of marriage because he wants to destroy our marriages. And guess what? When our marriages fall apart, According to the Bible, it leads to fornication and adultery. It leads to fornication and adultery. Jesus says, I say unto you that whosoever puts away his wife, except it be for fornication, causes her to commit adultery, which is fornication. And whosoever marrieth her that is put away also commits adultery. This is why Satan wants us in a failed state of marriage because it leads to fornication and adultery. So the third trumpet and a woman's scorn. Rivers, fountains, waters. Rivers, fountains, waters is a description for women. Now, Hopefully you have taken heed to the warning of this teaching. But on a lighter note, I would like to uh, I would like to point out also that a woman's power is not just in bitterness and not just in being scornful. But it's something that stuck with me a long time ago that Peter said about a woman. And he said it in first Peter chapter three. He uh, talks about a woman's power in first Peter chapter three, and it's, it's very powerful. Let me turn to it right quick. Um, first Peter chapter three, verses one and two. And let's go there. He says, likewise. Ye wives, be in subjection to your own husband, 
Watch this. He says that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Verse one and two. So, so Peter is teaching that a powerful woman of God can win her husband without any scripture, just with her chaste conversation coupled with fear. So women can save her husband through her conduct, through her conversation alone. So make no mistake about it. Women are extremely powerful. Women must be respected on both sides of the coin when it comes to bitterness and when it comes to righteousness. Uh, and um, women are a force of nature to be reckoned with. Okay, so the third trumpet, a woman's and a woman scorned. So the third trumpet is about, to me, a woman scorned. It, it is the official establishment that a woman scorned is now a world power. That's what the third trumpet is about. So <clears throat> I touched on this earlier that I believe that the seven trumpets begin to sound at the beginning of the 1900s, the 20th century, first trumpet being World War One, second trumpet being World War Two, and now the third trumpet being this movement of female bitterness, women bitterness, and many men died because the waters were made bitter. Okay? When men are in trouble when women become bitter. One third, they said, one third of the waters were made bitter. Now, when you do the math, if that's talking about the people on the earth, more than half of the people on the earth are female or women. So you got seven over seven billion people on the planet. And if over half of that is women, you're talking about probably roughly four, four billion people on the planet are women. And then this scripture saying one third. Wow. One third became bitter. You know, the one third of the waters became bitter. So this is uh, some very powerful, insightful stuff. Um, <clears throat> so with that being said, um, World War One, the first trumpet, World War Two, second trumpet, World War Three, this bitter movement, this spiritual a bitter movement. And then um, uh, the fourth trumpet, I believe we are entering in as we speak. It is talking about the shortening of the day. You know how we talk about, man, time sure is flying. It was this Monday, it seemed like, and now it's Friday already. And, you know, and, and we always talk about how time is flying. And, and, uh, and that's what the fourth trumpet is about. The shortening of the day. It says one third of the, of the sun was darkened, one third of the moon were darkened, and one third of the stars were darkened. So that's sun, the moon, and the stars is, is how we measure day, day and night. And it's saying one third of the day and night was shortened. So that's next, or that's going on right now as we speak as well. So, of course, I don't believe the fifth trumpet and the sixth trumpet and the seventh trumpet have sounded yet, 
Of course, the seventh trumpet is the rapture. So we know that hasn't taken place yet. And I believe the fifth and the sixth trumpet, it takes place during the final seven year period, in which I don't believe has happened yet as well either. So <clears throat> there you have it. Uh, hopefully you have found this teaching to be informative. You know, that's my goal is to put some truth out there to give uh, to give you something to think about, to ponder, to study, to bring up a Bible study at church, um, you know, because we got to do that. We got to stay in the word. Uh, I believe it's a second Timothy two fifteen. study word to show thyself approved a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, we got to, we got to be there. We got to do that. You know, even if it's not a popular topic, even if it's not uh, something we want to talk about, um, you know, the Bible talks about itching ears. You know, we always want to hear stuff that we want to hear, but we got to hear it all, you know, whether we like it or not sometimes. So, um, so, so we're going to um, wrap it up right there. Uh, the third trumpet and a woman's scorn. The third trumpet, I believe, is about this, this very powerful, powerful movement that officially began in 1986 uh, about a woman's bitterness or a woman's scorn and how many people died because the waters were made bitter, okay? It's not a nice thing, you know, uh, when women get bitter and angry and get vindictive, uh, you get a lot of divorce as a result. Uh, two out of every three, they say divorces are filed by women. And then when divorce takes place, you know, that's divide and conquer for Satan. Uh, you don't have the priest of the home anymore there. So Satan now is able to attack uh, the family, or the, the, the leftover family and the children get attacked. Uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's not a, it's not a beautiful thing at all. It's terrible. So take heed to this teaching. Take heed, look at, look into it yourself. The third trumpet, a woman's scorn and a woman's scorn. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to another broadcast of get your house in order. I'm your host, Tim Aaron. Like I said earlier, you can uh, look me up at thief in the night ministries.com. That's thief in the night ministries.com where you can post a question or a comment. Um, hit the contact us link and uh, there you'll be able to send an email and a comment about what you heard. And I would love to hear from you. It's in the night ministries.com. Okay. Thank you for tuning in my brothers and sisters. Um, Hope you have a wonderful rest of the week and a good start to you next week with the Lord Terrace, as they say. Uh, but above all, my brothers and sisters, I wish you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Thank you for listening to the show. We hope that you were blessed by the message from the Word of God. Come back next time for more of Get Your House in Order. I said one dark morning, when this life is over, I'm going to fly away. I'm leaving this cold world, going up yonder to that holy place. I'm going to sit down talk with Peter. 
sit down, talk with Paul And I'ma say, take me to Jesus The one who really paid it all for me This world Get Your House in Order is copyrighted by Thief in the Night Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.